answer. It's only for a moment you were mine to hold The plans that heaven has for you will all too soon unfold So many different prayers I'll pray for all that you might do But most of all I want to know you're walking in the truth And if I never told you, I want you to know That as I watch you grow I pray that God would fill your heart with dreams And that faith gives you the courage to dare Good morning. And to our graduating seniors, the class of 2023, I can't believe I'm actually saying 2023. Congratulations. Just make sure when you cross that platform, you actually look at it, your plum was actually in the folder. Just, just suggesting that you do that. That's one thing I do when I uh, graduated seminary. I opened that thing up as I was walking across. It's there. Okay, I'm good to go. You are coming to the most intense crossroads of your life. You almost become intoxicated by the newly acquired freedoms. You will become frantic, anxious, and apprehensive as you realize that you're basically on your own. Now, some of you are going to stay at home, maybe work, go to school, but you're hitting adulthood now. It's time to stand and fry out your wings. And one of the most epical passages I could think of for your situation is found in Joshua chapter 1. Let's set the scene up. Moses had just passed from the scene. He had a wonderful ministry. 
He led the Israelites out of bondages from the Egyptians. He led them for 40 years through the wilderness, years of trials and blessings. Trials because Israel was not faithful as they should be a lot of times, but yet blessings because no matter what happened, God always met their needs. And because Moses had a volatile temper, his patience ran out. When God told him to speak to the rock and water would flow forth from the rock, he struck it instead, which led to his physical death. He blew it. Because he did that, he would not see the promised land. Joshua had sent spies out to search out the land. Twelve of them. Ten of them came back, so it's a wonderful land, flowing with milk and honey, but the people there are so big, four to five cities, we can't take it. Only two spies came back and said, it's true, they're big, they have four to five cities, but as God tells us, we can take it, we can take it. That whole generation passed away, not seeing the promised land because of their unbelief. Only two, Joshua and Caleb, were the two spies that came back and said, yes, we can take it. Now Joshua, here in chapter 1, is being raised up to take Moses' place in the leadership of Israel. And this chapter is filled with God's wonderful promises to the new leader. Nonetheless, there is a stern warning in there for him and for the Israelites in general. If they fail to be strong and courageous. In fact, if I was going to sum this whole thing up, what I would tell you seniors today is you need to be strong and you need to be courageous. For the world you're about to go into. So this is only fitting for graduates, but also for anybody who's embarking on a major life change. There are some principles here we can see. For example, principle number one. The past is past. Look at verse two. Moses, my servant, is dead. The old era has passed away. Moses has lived out his days. A new leader was on the scene. And the responsibility of the Israelites are now to render their allegiance to this new leader, Joshua. He was now the one in the driver's seat. No, uh, as a side mark, this may get me some trouble. They told us in seminary, it's a great passage to preach at a new pastor at your day number one. To kind of separate you from the other pastor there before you. Hey, the other guy's gone. Moses is dead. Joshua's now on the scene. Whoa, that just felt like a rock. No one smiled. <laughs> well, for our high school graduates, high school days were fun, but now they're over. Carefree days of eating from mama's table are now basically over. Grounding from using cars, restrictions to your rooms for failing to make good grades are no longer a part of your life. Rather than college, rather in college, trade school, or working, you're basically out on your own. And let me tell you something. As you continue to mature and grow older, you will look back many, many times for the safety and security of home. I've, uh, how can I say this? As a teenager, I thought my mom and dad were not the brightest two people in the world. After all, I knew everything. I was ready to go out and conquer the world. But after I got married, had some kids, I realized how smart my mom and dad really were and wondered how on earth did they do it. 
and the same thing will happen to you. But it's over. You're an adult. Get over it. Moses is dead. And there is an example that we have in Scripture, one of many, that God told Lot to get his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Judgment was about to fall on those two cities. And he tells them, as you're leaving, do not look back. Well, guess what? Lot's wife looked back, and the result, she turned into a pillar of salt. There's a lesson for us here today by don't look back. Don't make the mistake of living in the past because it hinders your vision and the ability to look forward and thereby killing any open doors you may have on the horizon. Second principle, the transition is turbulent. Back in verse 2, now therefore arise, cross this Jordan. Now at a certain time of year, Jordan would swell its banks. It would be a raging river. Now we know that Israel crossed the Jordan during the harvest opposite Jericho in Joshua chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, when those who carried the ark came into the Jordan and the feet of the priests carrying the ark were dipped in the edge of the water for the Jordan overflows all its banks all the days of the harvest. In the last part of verse 16, the people crossed opposite Jericho. So we know that they crossed during a time when the Jordan was coming over its banks. Now we do not know how exactly wide it might have been, how deep it was, but most biblical scholars will tell you that it was at least 100 feet wide and at least more than 10 foot deep. It's going to be difficult to cross that river. They didn't have bridges back then. If you read the story, God stops the river from flowing, they cross around on dry ground. But my point is this. God doesn't always lead you to places that are convenient or comfortable. He's going to lead you through troubled waters. It's not going to be easy to be the new kid if you're going to a college or a campus. It's not going to be easy going to the bookstore and buying these books that cost you three times as much that you'll get back when you take them back. It's not going to be easy to get in the dorm and have a roommate you never met before. How about the workplace? You're going to have to work to be the new hire on the job. Everybody picking on you as you learn it and playing tricks on you. And I can tell you about that later, but not right now. But here's the thing. Do you remember the first day of your freshman year in high school? Do you remember that? How'd you feel? Maybe getting picked on by some of the upperclassmen? But here recently you got the top. You were the top class, senior class. You were walking around like, yeah, I own the school. Maybe picked on some freshmen. What's what this is like? You're almost starting over again. Let me tell you, life is like that. You work your way up and you have to learn. Be a lifelong student, always learning. Life is a journey like that. You have to get in there and stick it out. I encourage you to cross over this Jordan because God has a wonderful plan for your life. There are blessings, open doors, and joyful occasions on the horizon. However, the trip there might not be calm or peaceful. But God will always be with you. Look at verse 5 of Joshua chapter 1. Just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. And we see that same promise of Hebrews that God has promised never to leave you or forsake you. He's always there walking beside you. 
Another principle we see is that the future is bright. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. We see that in verse 3. God is leading you where he wants you to go. And because you're going where he wants you to go, there's going to be blessings there. This is a promise that is out there for you. He hasn't brought you this far to leave you hanging now. He has a glorious, wonderful plan for your life. And that goes true for everybody in this room. See, the problem is we want to do what we want to do and go this particular way. And then when stuff doesn't work out, we get mad at God. God, where are you at? Well, God doesn't want you to go that way. God wants you to go this way. The reason why he's guiding you is because he's already, he's already working ahead of you to make things happen. Now, Roger alluded to this passage a minute ago in Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delight in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. God will order your steps. In fact, he already has ordered them. May I encourage you, exhort you, to always seek God for every decision that you're going to make. Where you go to school, your occupation, who you're going to marry. Those are huge decisions. Always seek him first. And in verse 9, we see this other promise. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. God will never leave you. Now, he'll be silent at times. He may permit you to be hurt or suffer. However, that does not mean that he's neglected you or left you. In verse 7, he tells them to be careful to do according to all the law. Do not turn from it so that you may have success wherever you go. Since God has chosen a path for you, he'll provide for you. Why would God lead you someone, so, lead you somewhere and then drop you? This is not how God works. In verse 8, it goes on about the law. You shall meditate it on day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. So if you want to be successful... Keep God's word. He will lead you. You'll have success. In verse 13 we read, The Lord your God gives you rest and will give you this land. It's interesting we talk about rest because the writer of the book of Hebrews warns that judgment comes to the children of God who fail or refuse to rest in him. Now this speaks specifically to the tragic event in the wilderness when the Israelites revolted against Moses' leadership. Read about Numbers 14, verses 2 through 4. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we have died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in the wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not have been better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. They forgot what had happened. They had left Egypt, plundered the Egyptians. They came to the Red Sea, and God sent a pillar of fire to hold the Egyptians back. The Red Sea parted. They walked on dry ground. The Egyptians chased after them. The Red Sea closed around all the Egyptians. And they get out the wilderness, and 
It's like they form the committee. Well, we're out here in the middle of the wilderness. We're going to die. Everybody in favor of going back to Egypt, raise your hand. Why would we want to go back to Egypt? That's where they're in bondage. And they want to get another leader. And I said this early, because of that, no one was permitted to see Canaan except Joshua and Caleb. Along with all the Israelites who were 20 years old or younger. It was due to their disobedience and not entering to God's rest. This is what I mean by that. No matter your path, if God has selected it, then you can rest in him. He is able to bring it to pass. He will not fail you or forsake him. Trust God. Let me say that again. Trust God. He is the one going to guide you. He has promised never to fail you or forsake you. Trust him. And I speak from experience. There will be times when it's absolutely clear this is where I need to go. Other times it won't be as clear. But you need to step out in faith. The next principle we see is the command is clear. Here we go. Be strong and courageous. This is repeated in the chapter. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Verse 19, only be strong and courageous. The world you're going out to is not very friendly. And becoming more hostile to Christianity day by day. You're going to have to be strong. But you also be courageous to stand up for your convictions. To stand up what you believe is right is going to take courage. In spite of way what might or might not happen. And you can do this not by relying on your own strength or might. But you can do this by relying on the strength of the Lord. Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. Satan will love nothing to do... Excuse me. Satan will love nothing better than to distract you from your goal. That's why he tells us in verse 7, be careful to do according to all the law. Do not turn from it. Stay on track. He tells us in verse 7, do not turn from it to the right or to the left. And there's going to be stuff coming in your life that's going to try to distract you. Could be a sideline job to make more money in a fairly quick amount of time. It could be a hobby or relationship, but do not get sidetracked. Stay on track. Don't give up. Don't quit. Stay with it. Follow God's given leadership. The last four years, you have listened to your teachers and coaches. They took special interest in you, but you're no longer in high school. There's a new paradigm. There's a new schedule. Verse 17, it says, just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. You know, in churches, sometimes church members find it difficult to follow a new pastor. The reason why? He's not just like the old one. He doesn't do it the way that we always have done it. I have to give credit to the Israelites. They're willing to follow a new leader. And you will have to follow new leadership. And sometimes you'll be that leader. 
I can't say this enough. To be a, a leader, a godly leader, it's going to take you to be strong and courageous. God will make the way for you, but you must do your part. You have to prepare. You see that in verse 11. He tells them to prepare provisions. For within three days, you're going to cross this Jordan. Jobs, grants, schoolwork is not just going to fall in your fall in your lap. You're going to have to do your part. You're going to have to prepare. And the best way to prepare, we find it in verse 8. Once again, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on day and night. It is vital. If you have heard nothing, if you haven't heard anything else I've said, it is vital that you stay in the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures. For contained in it is the guidelines to life. Not only that, the word is life. Hide it in your heart. Commit it. Commit its precepts to your life. Live by it and obey it. Look what we see in verse 18. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words, and all that you command him, he shall be put to death. The consequences of trusting God by trusting in his leader, Joshua. You see the consequences of that. And they already had an object lesson in Moses. Great as, as Moses was, he was not immune to the judgment of God for rebelling against his command, and Moses died never seeing the promised land. Now, if you take another path than what God wants you to do, it might not mean sudden death to you, but it can mean the death of a great, wonderful career. It may be a hard, unfulfilled existence. Forestburg is a wonderful community. But in some ways, you have been guarded. And when you go out, college or job, you're going to hear philosophies of life that will make somewhat sense to you because they're man-made. They're not given of God. So I exhort you, encourage you to really understand not only what you believe, but why you believe it. You got, it's the old cliche, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. I don't have to tell you, anyone in here, what's going on. Look at our country, it's tearing itself apart. We need godly men and women who will be strong and courageous, standing on their convictions. Proverbs 14, 12, I'm going to end here tells us there is a way which seems right to a man but its end is the way of death people are going to devil's going to tempt you and people are going to probably persuade you to do this or do that but think long and hard before you just become a follower make the decision now of where your perimeters are because let me tell you something about sin it's going to look great, and it will take you farther and deeper and keep you there a lot longer than you ever thought possible. And you can look up and go, how did I get here? It's always a slow fade.
proud of you. You've come this far. 13, maybe 14 years of the pre-K of school. Think about that for a second. All the tests. All the uh, star tests you have to take. All that prep time. It's a great milestone to achieve. But always be prepared for the future. I've said this time and time again in this message, but I have to say it again. Be strong and courageous in the Lord. That's what you must do. Do you know the Lord? Have you given your life to him? Have you confessed that you're a sinner? It's real easy. I know I'm a sinner. We can can find out real quick. Have you ever told a lie? If you're not raising your hand now, you're lying because you're lying right now because you're saying you never told a lie. One of the Ten Commandments, do not bear false witness. Have you ever gotten mad and taken the holy God's name, the God that made you and made it a profane name, profanity, and anger, or someone cut you off in traffic or something didn't go your way? I've done that. Now, remember, we just admitted that we're liars, so guess what? I've done that too. One of the Ten Commandments, you shall not take the Lord God's name in vain. Have you ever taken something without someone's permission? No matter how small it was. That's stealing. You should not be a thief. You should not steal. And we can go right down the line with all the Ten Commandments. We've broken every last one of them. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online, everybody on this planet has broken those. If I stand there before a holy God and breaking his laws, I'll be found guilty. And if I'm found guilty, where I'll be going, heaven or hell? You make the call. But because I put my trust in Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, his blood now covers my sins. He paid the cost for me. Nothing I've done. It's all because of him. That's what it means to trust God and put your faith in Christ. If you've done that, then great. What's keeping you back? What's holding you back? You're facing some major decisions. You wonder how you lost track. Well, maybe you just kind of lost your way. He's calling you back right here and right now. He'll welcome you back. No one here is going to laugh at you and make fun of you. But please, take this time now. We call it the invitation because that's exactly what it is. You're invited to respond to God's word. What are you going to do? They say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. How much longer are you going to keep doing things the same way over and over again, expecting different results? Now is the time to do something different. To trust God and be strong and courageous in him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you 
for the gift of your son. We, we thank you that you promised never leave us or forsake us. And Father, I lift up these graduating seniors to you. As they begin a, a new journey, another new chapter in their lives, dear God, I pray for their protection and their guidance. Father, grant them wisdom and discernment in everything that they're going to do. And Father, I pray if anyone within the sound of my voice needs to come and give their life to you, confess sin and repent and turn back to you, Father, whatever it is, Father, grant them the courage to respond to your call in their life. May your spirit continue to move and have his way. In Christ's name we pray.